Welcome to this green church. We're a Christian community on a mission to raise saviors, believers that are righteous and supernatural, to succeed, lead, and have transformational societal impact. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. and Wednesday at 6 p.m. to be a part of this amazing service. Be blessed as you listen. So we began last week, Ephesians 1. Okay, I'm going to do a brief introduction. Okay, we looked at how to use your how to use Bible versions. We looked at how to, you know, looked at how to use um the Bible dictionary. Okay, we use Bible.com, you know, to check to check the meanings, the meanings of of words, all right, from the Greek and all that. Okay. So we are going further this morning. So Ephesians, Ephesians 1. All right. Are we all there? Ephesians 1. I like to have feedback, okay? Just know that we're on the same page. All right? Ephesians 1. Are we there? Hey, Damilo. Are we there? Yeah. All right. So let's start from verse 1 again. We, we use the NIV, okay? Ephesians 1. Ephesians 1. From which verse? 1. Okay. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to God's only people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. We can pause. In love, he destined us for adoption. Okay. So remember that last we talked about, okay, that when Paul, when Paul, right once in scripture, to the only ones in Ephesus, that God is not saying, you know, some people are holy, some people are not holy. Okay. But that God describes the believer in Christ as holy. All right, so you must see yourself the way God sees you, okay? Because change comes by acknowledging, you know, what God has done in Christ, all right? Change, transformation of character comes by acknowledging what God has done in Christ for you. So this is how it works. Now, I will not begin to act holy, and then God will call me holy. No, I cannot make myself holy, you see? I cannot make myself holy. There's nothing in any human being that can make the human being make himself holy. Only God can declare a man holy. All right? So, I don't act right to become right. I don't act holy to become holy. You see that? I don't act holy to become holy. So, there's no cut of mark for holiness. There's no, there's no cut-off mark. It's not jump. There's no cut-off mark for holiness. So it's not, it's not like, okay, when I behave well for one year or five years or ten years, God did not give me a divine plaque, you know, a word and say, this my son is holy. No. There is no divine, there is no cut-off mark for holiness. Okay? When you put your faith in Christ, God declares you holy. God makes you holy by giving you a new a new nature a new creation it gives you a new nature a, a new nature gives you a spirit 
That is what makes you holy. So it is now because you have been made holy that you can act holy. So holiness is a gift from God to the believer that now enables the believer to live out of his holiness. So we say always, make the tree good and the fruits will be good. So we don't change the fruits to fix the tree. No, we fix the tree to change the fruits. So if the tree is good, its fruit will be good. That's the point, okay? So God makes us, okay? When we come into Christ, gives gives us a new nature of righteousness, thus making us so... God makes us holy, and then we can live holy. So this should give you confidence. This should give you confidence that you are holy today, holy this night, holy tomorrow, holy next tomorrow, always holy before God, because you are saved and you are living in Him. So it means that you don't judge yourself by your temptations, or by your mistakes. You judge yourself and your ability by what God has made you in Christ. Now, I have many people that tell me things like, I'm not sure I can do this. You know, I feel I feel weak. I don't feel strong enough. So, so they make a mistake today, make it again in two months' time, four months' time, and they're like, you know, I'm not sure I, I have the strength. That is where you are wrong. Okay, because again, as long as you're looking at yourself, you will forever fall short. As long as you are looking at yourself, you will forever fall short. As long as you are looking at the laws, okay, the commandments, and then looking at yourself, you will forever fall short. But remember Romans 8, that what the law could not do, because it was weakened by the sinful nature, Christ came and did, okay, by condemning sin in the flesh. So, you know, what? You know, connecting the flesh okay, so that those who live by the Spirit can live rightly. So the idea is that, that you cannot judge yourself by the law and yourself. This is what you do, okay? You look at Christ, that Christ defeated sin, okay? Defeated sin, you know, and in your being in him, okay, your old nature died, which is, which is a reality. It happened. It actually happened. If you check your, your spiritual, your, your spiritual um, video, your recording, okay, we will see that the day you got saved, we will see that in the spirit, if we can actually go into and have the video, we will see that that is something that put in you. We will see that, yes, that that day in your spirit, okay, there was a, there was a death resurrection, that the old you died and a new you came alive. And this is what you pay attention to, not your mistakes or the law. You look at what God has done in Christ. That when I became saved, I received a new nature. And this new nature is holy. So because I have a holy nature, and I have in me a holy spirit. Hallelujah now. I am holy. And because I am holy, I can live right. I'm saying this one over because it's important. Okay? You cannot... <laughs> You cannot, okay, make a cut, begin to back on a regular. It will not happen. But if I can change the nature of the cat from being a cat to being a dog, the cat will back, okay, because the cat has become a dog. This is what God did in Christ, okay, that God gave you a holy nature so that you can live out holiness. 
So you must see yourself as holy. You can't be a sinner and also be and also be holy, holy and also be holy and righteous. You have to choose one. You choose the one you are. Okay? You call yourself one. You can't call yourself two of them. You either call yourself holy or sinful. Okay? Or well, because you have received Christ, God calls you his holy person. So because you are holy, hallelujah, you can live holy. My Bible says first first Peter 2 9. That you watch chosen generation, you are a holy priesthood. Okay? God calls you holy and you must uphold this reality over your life. The holiness here means agios. Is what from lot of that this word comes from, from saints, okay? So God calls you holy, God calls you a saint. Okay, so the way we say, you know, when, when someone dies in Catholic church, when some priest, some revered priest dies, some revered Pope says saints, Kenneth, Saint, Saint Paul, Saint Augustine, another live story, okay? God calls you a saint. Leave Catholic Church and their and their and, 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 and um, um the and all that kind of stuff, okay? God, God calls you holy, and you are holy now. You won't be holy tomorrow. No, you're already holy now. It is who you are now. So hold this up. When you are faced with temptations and doubts, you know, asking yourself, how will I say no to this? How can I, you know, some people are struggling with celibacy. You know, how can I, I'm, I'm going to marry someone like, I'm not going to marry this year. I'm not, I'm not going to marry next year. I'm going to marry in three years' time. And I was wondering, and right now my body is screaming, fire, fire, you know, I'm on fire. <laughs> so <laughs> how do I last Two years, three years of celibacy, and remember we are in Christ, okay? God has made you holy, so you can live holiness. So don't downplay your life of your nature. Don't downplay your life of your nature by asking how it's going to be done. Believe the word of God, okay? That God has made me holy, so I can live holy. So now, when you are under pressure, when you are under, under pressure to sin, remember, remind yourself, okay, I am holy. I am more than this. So I, I found out by experience that when I remind myself of the word under pressure, the word prevails. When I remind myself, because this is works by acknowledging, by laying old, by reminding yourself. So when I remind myself of the word of God under pressure, I, I get to fight. So you only have a choice. The choice is to remind yourself of God's word or to just act weak. Not because I am weak, but because I chose to act weak. I can, I can make a choice. You can choose to act weak or choose to act the word of God. So I know by experience that when I choose in those in those moments of pressure to remind myself of, 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 of the word of God, I find the word of God taking me above the pressure and temptation. So when you are making that call that you know you should not make, calling that X, you know you should not call. You know what happened when you call the person, you know. When you're about to do it, remind yourself, I am more than this. This man or this woman does not have any power over me. I am more than this. Hallelujah. Verse 3 says, okay, let's go to the final of Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us? Who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with all, with, with some? No, but with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He says that the God of Jesus Christ has blessed us. Now, again, he did not say will bless us. He said, who has blessed us? So the believer should understand the blessings he has received. Many times we, we keep doing as though, you know, when God gives us more, we will do more. You know, we keep putting our, 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 our realities into the future. That when God does this, I will experience this. No. We should see ourselves on a regular as those who have been blessed 
by God. See yourself as those who have before them, before you a buffet. So you have a buffet before you that should just be opening different pots and taking what is inside. So that knowing the buffet table's pot and content and how to open it and take for the use is called laying old, lambanoing. So to lambano means to take from what's already given to you. It, it doesn't mean, when we say lambano, we don't mean to beg for, from God as though God can say no. No, we are saying to feast, to use, to receive what God has already given you. So we mean to receive what God has already given you. So picture a buffet. First, you want to understand what is in the buffet. What are the things mine? What have I been blessed with? You don't know okay, which pot contains what, okay? And you're just taking from what is already yours. So God would have the believer see himself as one who has been blessed with every spiritual blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And what we find out is what we find out in, in, in this verse, in this, in this Ephesians is this. Okay, that is a book, Ephesians book is a book of in Christ. It is an in Christ epistle. Paul, in his epistle, was trying to show the believer that all we ever need has been been available in Christ. To show the believer that all we'll ever need has been made available in Christ. There is nothing outside of Christ that you want for your life. Alright? Paul wanted to make sure that the believer understood that everything you need is in Christ. It's why throughout try, 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 Ephesians 1 to 4, you see, in him, by him, with him, through him, to show us that all we need is him. And that because we are in him, all we need has been provided for. To also show us that there is no superiority or, inferior, or, or inferiority of the Jew over the Gentile. Hmm. There is no inferiority or superiority between Jew and Gentile, but that we all have received like precious faith, that we all are blessed in Christ alike. Like I was telling the believer, telling the Ephesian church, which was, which was, was a Gentile church, that even they also have been blessed with every blessing available because they are in Christ. So that they are sure and they know that at a, gen, at a Jew that called themselves, you know, Abraham's children, and that we are we that are in Christ, that as long as it as long as God, as far as God is concerned, okay, if, if, if it's God's blessings, so if it's God's blessings talking about, okay, it's God's blessings, that there's no difference between the Jew and the Gentile. We all have received like precious faith. So, at a pastor, at a evangelist, at a yard bishop, at a royal bishop, at a, the royal monarchy, that the crown, the crown, we do not all sort of, as far as we are believers in Christ. Okay? What we have received is like precious faith. We all have been blessed. Now, I see people say things, I see people say things like, okay, that if, if, if you as though God has favorites, and people say that kind of thing, that it feels as though God has favorites. Well, according to scripture, which does not lie, God shows no partiality. 
God shows no partiality. We have all been blessed alike. We have all received like precious faith. Now, are there people that God has uniquely grace for ministry? For different areas of ministry, yes. I'm one of them by, by calling. Okay, pastor and all that, okay? Those are unique graces for service. Those are unique graces for service in the body of Christ. But regarding living your in Christ realities, we all have the same thing. Meaning that both pastor and bishop and evangelist, we all have to learn the things as in Christ and then lay hold of it by faith. So you find out that many times, Many times, okay, um, that I can, for example, okay, um, heal the sick by the anointing. And the person just gets healed. Bam! In the minute, that's how it happens. Okay, the person just gets healed, sharp, sharp, in a minute. It doesn't mean that I will pray for myself and it works the same way. Because the anointing in that moment is, a, is for service. It's a gift for service of the body of Christ. When it comes to laying hold of healing by myself, I have to learn how it works. The same way you also learn how it works. You learn by believing in your heart and speaking to your mouth. So, we all, this is the point of it, we all have been blessed the same way. There's equality here. We have all received like precious faith. So that's 2 Peter 1 1. 2 Peter 1 1. Where Paul, Peter says, write letter to everybody who has received like precious faith as they are. So, meaning, the faith we have received is the same one that Peter had, Paul had, like precious faith, and we all have been blessed alike in Christ. So, when you see your believing friend um, looking like he's, an, he or he's enjoying God more, what you find out is this, what does he or she know that I don't know about God? Not, ah, oh no, God, God is showing partiality to them. No, it's not partiality. God, God shows no partiality. Okay? It is us knowing how to lay hold of the things ours in Christ. You understand? Good. All right. Verse 4. Molly, can you continue? Verse 4. Yeah. For it chose us in him before the creation of the world, to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. Through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, Please pause. to the praise of his glorious grace. Please pause. So again, I'm, I'm sorry, this is going to take a while, okay? His Bible study says it might take a while to finish one chapter. But we'll finish, okay, and we'll make progress. All right? And in verse 3 again, yes, God has blessed us in the heavenly realms, there is a blessing in Christ. And I believe that Paul was making this statement for a reason. And I think the reason is this, that the Jews had what they call Abraham's blessing. Hmm. Abraham's blessing. So, and in a way they tied, it, they tied it to that circumcision, okay, that they are, that they are, they are God's people and they have the blessing of Abraham. So again, Paul wanted to make clear that at Abraham blessed, that all the blessings, okay? That the believer in Christ has been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. So, whatever, follow me closely, whatever 
the Jewish race had and called blessing. The man in Christ has that and then some. Why? The man in Christ has been blessed with every, every spiritual blessing available in Christ. So whatever you see the Jewish nation exhibits as a blessing from God, Paul is letting us know that because you are in Christ, you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. So he's telling us, don't look at any Jewish race or whatever as, you know, privileged. Well, that because you are in Christ, you have been richly blessed. Hallelujah. So when you read the Old Covenant books, and I read God blessing them, okay? Blessing, I will bless you. You will learn that you will not borrow. You are ahead and not the tail. See, you must see that whatever they had that was good eh, is available much more to the man that is in Christ. Because God has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He now said also, verse 4, that he chose us in him, for the the world, okay, to be holy and blameless in his sight. Verse 4 says, he he predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. Now, again, some read this and say things like, you know, um, God chose some to be saved and chose some to not be saved. Rishi, Rishi, okay? It is like God knows all that will go to heaven. Have you heard that before? Have you heard that before? I have. That God already knows. Yeah, our yoku, icon, you know. So we don't care. So, so they say it's say, saying that if God wants to save me, he save me. That's, that's what they say. Okay? So that they believe that God has chosen those who will be saved. All right. Please, I'm just saying, I'm just saying yes to request. Okay, so help me, police. Okay, Bolu, just in case, help me be on the lookout in case I say yes to, you know. All right. Amen. Now, but what we see in scripture here is that Bible says that he chose us in him. He chose us in him. Okay, presents us to sonship in Jesus Christ. So it's not that, please follow me closely, it's not that God chose individuals, but that God chose in him. That the choice of God, God's destination, is not persons, but the person of Christ. That what God chose, what, what God's plan was always and is always, is that it is through Jesus Christ that men, you know, will be holy and blameless in his sight. That it is true coming through Jesus that you'll be, be adopted as the son, as a son of God. So God's election is not persons. God's election is Jesus. That Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And that no one comes to the Father except through him. This is what the election of God is. The election of God is not God chosen from to be saved and from to be damned. The election of God is Jesus. It's why we preach Jesus. It is why we, we preach Jesus because it is through Jesus that men are reconciled to God. 
Hallelujah. If God already knows and has chosen people that will be saved, it means our, preach, our preaching is in vain. If God already knows those who will be saved, it means our preaching is in vain. It means that we preaching is just, just, just vice. But no, okay, it is true, Romans 10, Romans 10 tells us, that it is true the hearing, the preaching of the gospel and the hearing of faith that men are saved. Okay, so we are chosen in him, hallelujah. So God has made Christ, okay, the way to him so that anybody that comes through Jesus, anybody that believes in Jesus, okay, is, recon- is reconciled to to. The Father. Hallelujah. Are we here? Are we learning? You know, I cannot see your face, so I need feedback. So you might have to, you know, use the emoticons. Let me just know that we're together and we are and we are learning. Okay? So the choice, the choice of God. Follow me closely. The choice of God is not persons. The choice of God is Christ. Would I have a question? Ura, is that a question? No, no, no. We're, we're showing that we're following you. Okay, awesome. Who's here? West Topper. West is fine. Uh-huh, thank you. All right. So, the choice of God is Christ. It's why it's why it's John 14, 12. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so when we see, when we see election of God, when we see predestination you know, and all that kind of stuff, please read it well, okay? It is. It is. The, it simply means that it is through Christ that men are saved. Okay, John 1 says, you know, he has given all that belief, power, authority, the right to become children of God. Okay? Now, when we say adoption, okay? Now, if you're African and Nigerian like me, it has a, it has an inferior meaning, if you're even Nigerian. When you're you, an you adopted child, you know, it has this, ah, ah, wow, it is not a real child feeling to the, to the average Nigerian. Maybe of my generation, shall it be just it means uh, maybe not a real no much like Basile. No, 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 no. When we read scripture and and we look at you know, because you have to read you have to read scripture, okay. Be careful not to read it in your modern language or read, read it in your modern meaning. Remember that this book was written many years ago. So the words, the words, you know, and the, the words and culture mean something. Alright? So don't don't read it to mean inferior son. Read it to mean this, and this, this, way, this way you should see it. You know, I, just when you do it, 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 it research of, um, of what Atoshon means in ancient, ancient Roman culture, you will see it means in a way, a wealthy man, a wealthy man that has no children, will go out and look for somebody to make his child and make his heir and make his, like, make his son so that that son, you know, now has full right to his inheritance. So it's like making someone, it just simply means making someone who is not your son to become your son. With full rights of sonship. Full legal rights of sonship. It is, the, it, it is the father going out of his way to make those who are not his children become his legitimate children. Do you see that? So that the, 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 the adopted son is a legitimate son bearing every full right of sonship. So God was right to help us understand that God, through Christ, made us who were not sons of God to become sons of God in Christ with legitimate rights of sonship. 
is why Jesus calls us. Why we are called Romans 8, okay? We are called heirs of the Father, joint heirs with Christ. Me, this is, and this is very vital. See, these words are powerful words. The word joint heir with Christ, again, joint heir, meaning that we share the same inheritance as Christ. Hmm. This is strong, it's strong stuff. We are joint heirs with Christ. It means we share the same inheritance as Christ, joint heirs. So to make us understand that we are legitimate, fully backed sons of God. Hallelujah. So you see Paul write these things and he's writing every, every things in few chapters, in few verses. So imagine, now knowing all this we are talking about now, imagine you are the efficient church. You, you see this letter. You are reading, you are blessed, there is a blessing in Christ. You are chosen. You are adopted and all that kind of stuff. These are every blessing that you take. You, you take that letter and you'll be dancing. Like, wow, I am all this in Christ. So it's why we must understand. When we don't understand, we tend to make light of what God has done in Christ for us. This is where the concern is. Because we don't understand, we tend to make it light. We tend to not appreciate or downplay it. Starting nowadays where it's now, it is now common to be a Christian. It's now common to be a Christian. So people are not understanding the, the depth of significance of what it means. We need to understand. We need to understand what God has done for us in Christ. Okay, but we can continue from verse 6. So the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves, in him we have redemption through his blood, forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, Please pause. that he lavished on us. All right. Oh, Okay, okay, just finish verse 8. With all wisdom and understanding. Okay, that's that's all right. Okay, so he says, In him we have redemption. Now we must understand the meaning of these terms. What does it mean to have redemption? Again, it says first, In him we have redemption. Verse 6 says, To the praise of his glorious grace which has really given us in the one he lost. Again, take note of the in him, through him, in womb, through womb, in the one, you know, the in him's, right? So he says also, and he said earlier, we are blessed in him, we are chosen in him, predestined to, to, for, for sonship in him. He now says also here, that in him also we have received his glorious grace. Hallelujah. Again, showing us our in aims, like showing us, you know, like opening for our constitution, to show us our rights, what we have, because we are in aim. Showing us the content of the content of the buffet that we have because we are in him. So in him also, we have his glorious grace. In him, we have access to God's glorious grace. So there is a grace, I believe there's always grace available for me. There's always grace available for me. I can always lay hold of the grace of God. So seven now says, in him again, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. So because we are in him, we have redemption. To be redeemed, redemption means to be bought back. Hallelujah. To be bought back by the payment of a ransom. So let's say they kidnapped somebody. Okay? Let's say someone was kidnapped. 
Okay? And taking, taking for example, you're taking fire away. Alright? And then you went and paid the ransom to get the person back. To free them from captivity. Right? You don't you not take them very far. For example, now someone, someone was kidnapped in, let's say for example, kidnapped in Kaduna, you know, on the way to Abuja. You know, that road has, has a lot of history these days. Person's kidnapped there, and they told you know his, his people to bring you know ransom money. Okay, so the people brought ransom money. Okay, so they repurchased him. Okay, so his father now being you know I must take him far from what enslaved him. Nothing takes take him from Nigeria to Canada. So that means he repurchased him. Not only that, he took him far from what held him back. Hallelujah. So redemption means the repurchase of the believers. Okay, repurchase from what was held us back. And this time the ransom was the blood of Christ. Okay? And it also, it also talks about the you know, it talks about the safety margin between us and what once held us back. So God not only repurchased us, he took us far from what once enslaved us. So that's why the believer must see himself as one that is far above sin. Far above the strength, the 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 the, the, the authority and dominion of sin, so he has taken us from the kingdom of darkness and placed us into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah! So this is not redemption. So because you are redeemed, the price has been paid for your life. You owe sin nothing. You owe the devil nothing. You owe hell nothing. There is no way you can be found in hell. There is no way. There is no, there is no, there is no, there is no dream anybody can have that will, that will make you that will make you think like you can be found in hell. If they dream that someone will make up is in hell, that's not, that's not your business. It's their father's business. That someone will trust that you know someone will wig you know ah because because he was dancing to to uh, gospel Fuji to uh, the ransom has been paid, and the ransom paid is not cheap ransom. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. And there is no higher price than the blood of Jesus. Peter talks about they were not purchased by, by, um, by perishable things. Not with money, not with gold, not with, not with tomatoes. It wasn't paid by butter. You're not bought by yam. You're not bought by yam. You know, you're not bought by trading rice. No, you were purchased by the blood. And nothing is more expensive than the blood of Jesus. Meaning that the price paid for you was a perfect price that will forever be binding. So there is no, there is no, there is no, there is no way. You, you owe hell nothing. You can darkness nothing. You have been purchased. It also means they cannot touch you anymore. Because you have been purchased and taken far from their dominion. It means that they have no legal rights to harm you, to touch you, to hold you. Hallelujah. See yourself as the one repurchased in Christ. So when people are praying, God, let's pray that we make heaven. You will tell them, I'm sorry, I don't know about you. The price was paid for me. That price is the blood. There is no way, there is no way I, can, I, can, I can make hell. <laughs> I'm in heaven already. All right? Tell them, so this prayer is not my kind of prayer. Yeah. Me, yo, I don't know about you, but me, yo, the price that they, that they paid for me is expensive. I cannot enter it again. I've been repurchased. I've been translated from darkness and put into the kingdom of his dear son. Hallelujah. The word also here, when we say, when we say redemption here, the Greek word, let, let's, let's play around and just see a little Greek just for understanding. 
let's see a little a little Greek. So let's go to Ephesians 1. That's verse um verse 7. Just to show us, okay, how to play about. Let me share the screen. How to play about the Greek just for learning purposes. Alright. Okay, so let me go to verse 7, just so we can see again. Now, this is Bible Hub. So, to get here now, to get here, let's go back again. To get here, I go to BibleHub.com. BibleHub.com. I'm looking for Ephesians 1 7, right? So, I come here, I choose Ephesians. I come here, okay, see chapter 1. I can scroll to chapter 1, verse 7, right? So, it then opens unto me all the different versions. Of the same verse, I can even go through to see how to use the word. All right, okay. But I'm looking for the 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 Greek, the Greek in the word one that has Greek on the English. So I can pick out the Greek what I'm looking for. So I go to interlinear. So yeah, and I'll see in whom we have redemption, and I'll go above it to see the Greek word. So I see the Greek word is apolytrosin. Right, and I'll see you know because in, in dictionaries, everyone has a number, okay, as a number that, that represents them in dictionary. So, yeah, I see six to nine. So, I click it to see what the word apolytrosin fully fully means, okay. So, I see it means see the word apolytrosis, okay. I just play around so we know this has been okay, apolytrosis, and it's pronounced apolytrosis. So, you see the meanings, right? You see the meanings. A release effected by payment of ransom, okay, redemption, deliverance. Look at it here. Now, now see, you see, we see here in the Elps word studies, you see how the word was broken down. Okay, so people say the word apolytrosis is from is from two Greek words, apo and lutro, you know, and it is linking to sound deep. It is not deep. We all know where we found it, okay, it's not from heaven. We all know where we find, we all have our, our tools. Our group dictionaries, our concordance, our you know, our tools where we see these words. So, so we don't. We it's not. It's not. It's not some weird, you know, ability. It's study. So I study the word. I know better what the word means. You understand? So, so the word here, apple. Okay, apple is from two words, apple, then literal. Okay, so we see, we see. Okay, we see it here. That apple means from. Okay, and literal means. Follow me. Literal means redeem. So it is redeemed from something. Okay? Properly, it means redemption. Literally, literally, it means buying back from. Repurchasing. Winning back something that was previously forfeited or lost. Going down, see, he now says, it emphasizes the distance. The safety margin that results between rescued person and what previously enslaved them. So that record not, not, not only means repurchased, not, not, not only means redeemed, also, it also emphasizes the distance, the safety margin that results between the rescued person and what previously enslaved them. So God would have us know that we were redeemed. Redeemed means to be bought back from sin, from the hold of the devil, and taken far from his dominion. So we must also remember that safety margin. The gap between me and hell is Far. <laughs> I am in the kingdom of light. It is far in the kingdom of darkness. Alright? The gap between me and the old of sin is far. The gap between me and the power of the evil ones is far. 
So where I am, nothing can by any means hurt me. And I, and I must insist, I must stand on it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Is that good? Okay. So, yeah, so we see what is here. In him, we have dealt out his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Let's see, let's see what forgiveness, let's see what forgiveness of sins also. Forgiveness. Forgiveness here means from the Greek word aphesin. Again, I'm showing us the word so that we understand the weight of the words. When, when you say redemption, the word might not the word might not really make much meaning to you without seeing what it means, you know, in the Greek. So also here, forgiveness of sins. So let's say in the Greek what forgiveness. What the word means, okay, in in um in scripture in Greek. So that is still verse 7. Let's go back and see. Okay. The forgiveness. So we see here, Aphesin. Number is 859. These this numbers here are from the Strong's Dictionary. Strong's Greek Dictionary. Strong's Greek Concordance. Okay. So the word Aphesin is 859 on the Strong's. Strong's strong is like um, um, Oxford Dictionary. Can you call it something? Strong's, okay, is um, the name of a Bible, you know, um, a Greek Dictionary. Okay. So we see affessing, okay? The word is actually affessis, okay? Dismissal. Look at this. It means, and it's, look, look at the pronunciation, affe, okay? Affessis, okay? Dismissal, release, pardon. A sending away. Look at this. A letting go. A release, a pardon. Complete forgiveness. Let's come down from this. So it means to send something, to send away, as in send away without guilt, okay, send away. Remission, to release someone from, from obligation or debt. Look at this. It's to be declared not guilty, to be, de to be declared free. Declared not guilty, to, de to be declared, you know, free, acquitted, free to go. So God bought your redemption and declared you free. No debt obligation. To the devil or to sin. Hallelujah. So God would have you understand, all right, that because you have forgiveness in Him, He has declared you free, declared you released from that obligation, completely forgiven, so that your sins are not held up against you. Hallelujah. Let's look at this. Look at let's look go further and see more meanings. Let's see this number two. Forgiveness, pardon of sins, the letting them go as if they're not committed any sin at all. Look at it. Letting them go as though they're not committed the sin. Letting them go of the sins as though they had not been committed. Look at this. As though they had not been committed. So God set you free from the oath of sin in Christ. It is as though you never did anything wrong. Because why? Christ has paid the price for your sin. So, so this is how it works for you. This is how it works for you. Now, when the devil brings to you your past, the mistakes you made, the errors you committed, you did this, you did that, you did this and did that one too, tell him, yes, okay, yeah, correct, I did. Uh, I did. I did. I did. That's fine. But because I am in Christ, God is not holding up my sins against me. So between me and God, we are good. Hallelujah. Between me and God, we are good. That is all that matters. Do you understand? That God is not holding up my sins against me. So, so therefore, I 
not hold up my sins over myself. Hallelujah now. So because God not holding up my wrongs against me, so also I too will not hold up my wrongs against myself. I am forgiven in Christ. I have been set free. I have been let go. No obligation, no debt. Okay, so I walk free. I walk free. So hold this up. When guilt comes, hold this up. God is not holding my sins against me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So some, some people know, I, I met, I had, I had this uncle, so, you know, this uncle, that he, he had a very terrible past. You know, he had a very, he had a very terrible past. You know, when you say bad boys, when you say boys that, that, that liked in quotes, I don't know if it's like or now, that liked, they were, they were sex addicts. He was really bad. He was so bad. I don't, I don't want to go into the details. He was terribly bad. So after he got saved, he had some struggles getting a job. Real struggles. As in, he had a master's, he, could, he still could not get a job for a long time. But guess what he was telling himself? And this is where the devil held him strong. He was telling himself and telling me that, that it feels like it's because of the sins of his, of his bad life in the past. This is a man who is in Christ, who has become born again, who was not living, was not living right, trying to live right, who was not even saying no when participating him for, for bad activities. But here, here was he still telling himself that his past is affecting his present, that God was still punishing him or that, whatever. But you see, this is why you must know scripture. If not a scripture, the devil will show you shaking. The devil will use every, every avenue to punish you, to afflict you. But when you know that God took away my sins and put them, on, put them upon Christ, so that I, you know, I'm free. You know that the price of my sin has been paid. That God is not, is not afflicting for my sins. When you know that, you can, you can cast down every recommendation and put them down under God's word. So you now know that your real enemy is devil, not God. This is important. This is important. That when you are, in, when you are facing a crisis, you know that it's not God that is doing you. You know that this one is a devil. It's not the devil. Christ has paid the price of my sins. So therefore, I have no reason to be down here. So therefore, your, your old over me is destroyed. So take your baggage, your delay, your affliction, take it and get out. So you can face the devil and finish him. Okay, because you know that God is not against you, but that God is for you. So you can then take the fight, take the fight where the fight should be. Take the fight to the enemy and chase him out of your, of your, of your activities, of your business. Hallelujah. Are we, are, we, are we having a good time tonight? All right. Okay, let's rush through. Um, verse 8. Read Abolu. Are we still here? Yes. Sir. Go on. That he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ, to be put into effect when the times reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined. You know what? Pause. Sorry, pause. Who works out Pause. I'm not to rush over that, but let's just try it, okay? Let's do it right. So, verse 10 says, to be put, the mystery of this will which you fulfilled in Christ, okay? To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Now, when people read this, okay, 
So because it's said to be put into effect when times reach a fulfillment, people tend to push the realities of in Christ to the future. That when the end of time comes, we will see everything under the authority of Christ. All right? They push these things into the future. But here is where they are mistaken. Okay? You see, you see Matthew 2018. You see Matthew 2018. That Christ says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Now, did this say it will be given to me? No. It says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So, right now, not just tomorrow, right now, not just in the future, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. So, all things are legally, follow me, all things are under the authority of Christ. But here is the difference. That now, before Christ, recon, before Christ returns, this authority is used by the church. Why he told them, what are they giving me in the net? Now tell them, go ye into the world and preach. So this, this is the way it works. That before his return, okay, this, this authority that is for Christ is exercised and used by the church. So we, this authority of Christ, to set things in order in the world. We use the authority of Christ to set things in order in the world. We use authority. So at the end, he himself will now, okay, you know, complete the job. Okay? But the job of putting things under Christ is in the hands of the believers now. Hallelujah. So you can set things in control in your life. That's the meaning. You can use authority, authority of Christ to keep things, to keep things where they should be, to run things in your affairs now and where God has put you. Because why? All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Christ. And we'll see that more towards the end of this chapter. Okay? Um, yes, now verse 11. Verse 11, yeah. Having been predestined according to According to the plan of him who works out everything. Start, start again, start again now. In him we are chosen. I read it wrongly. 11. In him we were also chosen. Go on. Having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard of the message of truth. The gospel of your salvation, when you believed, you were marked in him with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is the deposit guaranteeing our inheritance unto the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You can pause there. Should I go on? You can pause. Thank you. Amen. So he says, you know, in him we're chosen and all that. You know, so that we, so that them, okay, the first set of believers would be to the praise of his glory, right? 13 says, 13, look at 13 closely. And you also were included in Christ. When? How? When you heard the message of truth in gospel of salvation and you believed. So you were, you were included in Christ when you heard the gospel and you believed. Hallelujah. 
you were included in Christ when you heard the gospel and you believed. So, it's not, not, not when you did an altar call and you came out. So, when you believed, you were included. Now, it may not be an altar call, not altar call, okay? But it's, it's not the altar call that saved you. Amen. It's not the sinner's prayer that saved you. No. You were saved the day you heard the gospel and received it. Hallelujah. You were saved. So, some of us, some of, you know, I remember how I got saved. I got saved in my house. I remember that. But that Sunday, and, and then came out for that call. Yes. But it already happened in my house. Okay, so I just came out because I felt like I should come out. But I, I knew when something changed in me, it was in my house. But then I, then I spoke in tongues first, too. It was in my house. I just prayed about it and I, started, and I began to pray in tongues. Nobody, nobody, laid, nobody laid any hands on me. I just believed that the Bible is real. And I prayed about it and I, and I received it right in my house. So, yeah. yeah. So, you were saved when you heard the gospel. Now, this also means that it means you should do more preaching because you don't know when, when someone actually hear the gospel and believe it. It's why also you should preach everywhere. Preach on your status on WhatsApp because someone, someone might read it one day like, ah, this is actually true and it will click with or without any other call. So you don't know how many you can reach by the little things you do for, the, for Jesus. Share the gospel on, 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 on your social media. Share it with your friends. Just share the love of God with people, okay? Because what saves people, okay, is to hear the message and then believe. So once they hear and they believed, they are included in Christ. So you see also that people are not included by, by God just randomly choosing people. Ah, you, be saved. No, no. It's not, it's not called randomly choosing people, but that people will hear the chosen Christ, okay? Believe. And when they believe, God includes them in Christ. Hallelujah. Says also that when you were believed, look at this, you were marked in him with a seal, and this seal is the Holy Ghost. Hmm. So when you read, when you when you follow again, when you read the Bible, I remember the times it was written. Have in mind the time it was written. So remember how when you watch these movies, when you watch these old movies, how you know every house had its emblem. Every house had its logo. Every realm had its, had its um, insignia. So you know the you know the seal of Rome. Rome has a seal. Every big empire had its own seal. Now when you see when you see when you see some army coming, and you see that insignia, you know which army is coming to you. So they had a brand identity. Amen. So also when they bought slaves, okay. They will put they will put the stamp of the family that owned the slave, no tattoo it on them to seal it, to show who owns this person. Amen. So, what God did in Christ, and what Paul now calls the seal of the spirit, is to put a sign of ownership on the believer. That the Holy Ghost in the believer. Is the clear sign that you are his. Hallelujah. So, in the spiritual realm, when they are seeing different houses, okay, this one belongs to this. When they see your spirit, they see you. And they see that this one has the Holy Ghost. They know where you are from. They know this one, this one belongs to Zion. They know you touch, they know you touch me not. They know, they know to avoid you. Because where you, are, where you are from, you guys are badasses. Forgive my language, okay? So, yeah, it's a mark of ownership. 
The Holy Ghost in you is the seal of the house you belong to. They are part of the household of God. So, everyone that believes has the seal. Amen. Everyone that believes has the seal of the Holy Ghost and is in you forever. So, as long as your faith is in Jesus, the Holy Ghost resides in you forever. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is the seal of adoption. The seal of sonship is a clear sign that we belong to God. You're making noise there, Jola. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Let's go on. Verse 14. Verse 14. Again, verse, hold, hold on, hold on again. I want to read it again. When you believed, you were marked. Whoosh! You were marked in the aim with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Look at this. When you have a mark on you, you have been marked. So spiritually, there's a tattoo on you. That mark is the Holy Ghost. That you have been marked. So you bear on your you bear in your spirit the mark of Christ. You have the Holy Ghost. You have been marked. Amen. Marked, you belong to Christ. Glory to Jesus. You have been branded. Glory to God. Verse 14. Verse 14. What was the deposit? Are we here together? Are we still here? I want feedback. So I know we are still together. We're almost done, okay? We're feedback. Let's be sure we are still together here. Emoticons, let's know we are still together. Good. Sure. Good, 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 good. Are we learning? Is it good? Is it clear? Are we being blessed? Yes, sir. Yes, awesome. sir. Awesome, awesome. But look, continue. Verse 14. Okay. Verse 14. Yeah. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance unto the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory? Amen. Okay, just pause again. 15. Again, again, just hold on, hold on. Let's 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 do verse 14. Hmm. Verse 14. Let's go to the Greek and I'll show something in the Greek. Okay, let me go back to Ephesians 1. Let's look for verse 14. So, again, see the Greek words. Who is the guarantee of the inheritance? Okay, let's look at the word guarantee. Let's look at the word guarantee and click and see the meaning. Okay? The word there means an earnest. Are we together? A part payment in advance for security. <laughs> a part payment in advance for security. Earnest. Earnest money. Look at this. A large part of the payment. Given in advance as a security that the whole will be paid afterwards. A large part of the payment. Okay? Given in advance as security that the whole of them will be paid afterwards. It means properly. No, properly, properly, it means an installment, a deposit down payment, which guarantees the balance, the full purchase price. Look at this. So, it says the Holy Ghost is the down payment that guarantees that the full will be paid. This is what it means. Follow me closely. So, it means this, and this is the, this is the best meaning ever, okay? That because the believer has the Spirit, this is what it means. That when Christ returns, the believer will reign with Christ forever. It means that because you have the Spirit, it is the assurance that what is left to be paid. So, you know, we always say that we are saved. Okay? We are being saved and we shall be saved. 
We are redeemed already, you. But we are being redeemed, okay? Our mind is being renewed, and we shall be re and we shall be redeemed. We say we are saved, our spirit man is saved. Follow me? Our mind is being renewed, okay? Our body will be redeemed. So we will have, you know, when Christ returns, we will have brand new bodies, okay? Immortal bodies, okay? The new body, immortal body. So he's saying here that because we are saved, we have in us the spirit. And this only goes in us is a down payment, the complete proof, okay, that when Christ returns, will be found in him. It is a complete sign that anybody that has the Holy Ghost is guaranteed the full redemption. So that because you have the Holy Ghost, there is no chance of you going to hell. Not a chance. Not a chance. <laughs> Not a chance. And because you believe, you, you got the Holy Ghost by believing. So because you believe, you have the Spirit. And because you have the Spirit, when Christ returns, your heaven is guaranteed as sure as day. Why? In fact, you're already in heaven. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost is a guarantee. So, I don't have to pray and say, God, not make heaven. No, it's an answer prayer. Okay? Because I have the Spirit, I have the down payment. Now, the down payment here is now called a large part of the payment. This is so vital. Many people put their reading in life till when Christ returns. No. God will have you understand that a large part of the payment is already in you, the Holy Ghost. Hmm. Meaning that there's a lot more reigning and enjoying the reality of in Christ that you have here that you should lay hold of. That you should stop waiting for when he returns to have, you know, to, to enjoy authority. But a large part of the, a large part of the payment is already in you by the Holy Ghost. So you now, by living out your in Christ realities by the Holy Ghost, you should have, you know, live out the redeemed life. Dominate sin, dominate sickness, dominate poverty, dominate, dominate, dominate fear, dominate worry. Okay, live out the in Christ life because a large part of the payment has been made. And that, that large part of it is the Christ in you by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Whoosh. That's so good, right? Now, verse 15. So now, having read all that, the verse 16 to the end, now makes, makes makes sense to you. You know how Paul is saying? Let's go, to, let's, go to verse, let's go to verse 15. Let's go to verse 15. Let's finish verse 15 to 23. Verse 15. Reader, reader, reader. Where's my reader? For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus, and your love for all God's people. I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. Pause. I keep asking Pause. that God... Now, so we now understand the for this reason. That the for this reason is because of this, of what we have said, what we have said from 1 to 14. All we have said from verse 1 to 14 is now the for this reason. So, because you are blessed, because you are chosen in Christ, because he has given you grace, an understanding because you have the Holy Ghost, hallelujah. Because of all these things, I always pray for you and give thanks on your behalf. That because you have, you know, when I heard about your faith, I heard that you are saved, though. I heard that you found faith in Christ. So I haven't heard that. I pray for you, and the first thing I'm doing is, Father, I thank you. Ah, I thank you because this my guy is now saved. That when I when I when I, when I think about your, your, your new life now. When I think about, ah, thank God. Thank God, my friend is now saved. 
My father is now saved. Ah, glory to Jesus. My father now has in the Holy Ghost. Whoosh! My father now has, in, now has like precious faith. Hallelujah. God now is my father. My father is now even bound. Look at this. So, this are the reasons why for this reason. So, for this reason, because I have your faith, I'm thanking God for you. So, that if that you are saved is your core reason for thanksgiving. Now, many people, many people do thanksgiving service. And they thank God for, ah, I got a new job, I got a car. I'm happy for you. It's a good testimony, right? But, uh, the real thanksgiving reason is because you have found faith in Christ Jesus, you are in Christ. So, this should be your endless reason for thanksgiving. That every day, whatever the mood you are going through, going through, whatever has happened around you, for this reason, I give God thanks. Because I am saved. Because I have in me the Holy Ghost. I am privileged. Whoosh! I am privileged. I am the blessed one. I give God thanks. So, you ought to always remember this and reply to God with thanksgiving. Paul says, whenever I remember, you, remember your, your, my prayers, I give thanks for you because why? I've heard about your faith in Christ and your love for all God's people. Now again, we see Paul tying faith with love. You know why? Because the proof of faith is your love work. The proof of faith is your love work. That the one who has come to faith in Christ Jesus will walk in love. The one who has come to faith in Christ Jesus will walk in love. So, the proof of your faith in Christ that you begin to walk in love. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Okay, let's go on. Verse 17. Verse 17. Verse 17. Are we still together? Where's my reader? Yes. All right, go on. I'm here. Can't you hear me? I can hear you now. Verse 17. Yes. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your hearts may be enlightened in order that you may know the hopes to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and set him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything, for the church, which is, I'm not saying the church is coming, which is his body, the fullness of him who everything in every way. Hallelujah. So I, I, I'm going to wrap this up Look at this. So he says, because you are saved, okay, I keep praying for you that God will give to you, look at this, the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may do him better. I pray for you that you have to understand him and be lighting so that you will know, you know, you will know the hope which has called you I'm praying for you to come into full understanding of what God has done for you in Christ. That now, having read to you all that you have because you're in Christ, having read for you all you have 
because you're in Christ. Okay? I'm not praying that you fully get it. I'm praying that you understand what it means to be saved. That you understand the realities, the things that God has designed for you because you are saved. That you, that you will know him better. Because by knowing, by knowing Christ better, you know yourself better because you are in him. I pray that you understand, okay, the things yours in Christ. Because these things are only experienced, enjoyed by understanding. So, he says, I pray for you every time. So, the believer must be found praying this prayer always. You will pray for yourself every time. Pray for yourself every time, okay? I, I, I receive, no, I, I understand his mind in Christ. I know Christ better. I know what is mine in Christ. I know what I have. I know who I am. I know where I am because I am in Christ. Okay? Because you have to understand these things. You only live it up by acknowledging. You only make the best of the, of the Christ life by understanding what is yours in Christ. In answer that we, that we might also know the power available to us. The all-surpassing power. Now, it didn't say you pray that God will give you power. No. It said, I'm praying for you that you have understanding. Now, it's not, it's not saying that God will give us another spirit of, of wisdom and revelation. No, but it's saying that, that we will receive, receive an, an impartation from the Holy Ghost. That we will receive now the heart, we have understanding, we have capacity to understand in our hearts the things as in Christ. And it's saying also that it's not praying that we have some power, that's some new power, but that we understand the power at work in us. That this power, you understand it. So I'm praying for you that you will know the power you have. See, he didn't pray for power. <laughs> Many are doing video praying for power. Holy Ghost, come down and manifest your power. Baba, no, people, are, there's another even pray. There's, there's one I'm looking, I'm looking for a particular one about power. Um, um, there's one that's about one know me. The, the, the power of God should one know me. The power of God should enter inside of me. It's a wrong prayer. Okay, the power of God is in you because you have His Spirit. So Paul is saying, I'm not praying that you have power. I'm praying that you understand that you know the power at work in you. People are doing video, praying for power. Lord, send your power, send your power. God is saying, no, I have sent you my power. My power is the Holy Ghost in you. So now you will pray that you understand the power at work in me. So we're not praying for power. We are praying to understand, to know how it works, to know how the power flows, to know how to, how to put the power to use. And this power in you is it's not, it's not just a thing. The power in you is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a carrier of all the power of God. And the Holy Ghost is in you. So there's power available in you. And there is always power available in you. Whether you feel it or not, whether, whether you're in the mood or not in the mood, there's always power at night, in your dream, in the morning, everywhere. There's always power at work in you. God would have you know. So you should be praying that, Lord, open my eyes to understand. Let me know the things mine in Christ. Let me know my rights, my authority, my privilege. Let me know. Let me know the power at work in me. And how to operate the power. Let me know. Let me know. So this power that we're talking about, this power took Christ up from the dead. So the power that took Christ up from the dead, that power is in you. That power is the person. The person is the carrier of the power, the Holy Ghost. Okay? This power at work in you took Christ up from the dead. Meaning, dead raising power is at work in you. Dead raising power is at work in you. Dead raising power is at work in you. This power took Christ up from the dead. Certain of the places, far above. This power sits you. 
This power makes you sit above, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, and every name that is invoked. Not only, not only in this age, but also in the age to come. The power at work in you. Two guys from the dead. Starting, starting far above, starting far above the places. Above all authority, all rule, all power, all dominion, every name. So the power at work in you can can can, can you know can can defeat every rule, every authority, every challenge, every name. So your faith, okay, is in the power of God, and it makes you stand strong. Look at this. It says not only in this age, but also in the age to come. So even the age to come. The power at work in you is sufficient. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. Christ is seated far above. This power took us from the dead and sits in far above. So the power, you know, the power that placed Christ above all things is the power available to you. Glory to Jesus. And God placed all things under his feet. Look at this. God has placed all all things under the feet of Jesus and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills everywhere with himself. So it's telling us that God has put all things under Christ for the church's benefit of purpose and use. So the church uses the authority of Christ. So God has put all things under the under the feet of Jesus, so that we, the body of Christ, can use authority to reign in life on the earth. He says, "We, the church, we are His body. We are the fullness of Him that you know that fills everywhere with Himself." So this is what it means. It means God, God, fills everywhere with Himself through the church. That we, the church, we are his, we are his agents, we are his agents on the earth. We are God's agencies on the earth. So anywhere God wants to go, he will go through the believer. Anywhere God wants to reach, he will reach the believer. So God, if God wants to reach tech sector, he will go through a believer in tech because he fills everywhere with himself through us. If God wants to go into, into fashion, he will enter there. He will reveal his will and purposes there. Reveal his agenda there through the believer. Because we, it is through us that God feels everywhere with himself. So if God, if God, 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 God wants to bless a country, wants to reach some country that doesn't know about the gospel, how will God get there? He will get it through a safe person. We are his agency. We go everywhere in his name. So it's through us that God feels everywhere with himself. So see yourself as the agency of God. Alright? See yourself as the agency of God. That God walks the earth through you. So you are the carrier of divine life. You are the carrier of divine purpose. Whatever plan God has for the earth, it will accomplish it through us, the believer. So it's why we act. I will take action. And we take action in his name. Hallelujah. Have we blessed tonight? Have we blessed? Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. We hope you were blessed by that sermon. Chance to growth and global impact. Feel free to contact us via our social media platform at This Green Church. 
And do join us every Sunday by 9 a.m. and Wednesday by 6 p.m. to be a part of our family. Remember, you are that Savior. You are light and life to your world.